So today I'm going to be talking about two demand shifts in a supply shift that allow Trader Joe's to keep being successful and to keep offering their products at low prices. The first shift I'm going to talk about will be a supply shift, and it will be that Trader Joe's has a very low input cost. We're all acclimated to every other supermarket looks the same. It has 35,000 items. It has 7 million varieties of toothpaste and tomato sauce. Every other player has all those things. But Trader Joe's, they only have, say, 3,000 stock-keeping units in a typical Trader Joe's, or 4,000 at most in one of their larger stores. Moreover, as we've learned, Trader Joe's prices are relatively low, and yet they also take in much higher revenues in stores that have more variety and more expensive items. So, how? Remember, Trader Joe's doesn't sell a lot of brand name groceries. Roughly 80% of their products are private label items, also known as store brands. The Freakonomics podcast on Trader Joe's also goes on later to talk about how if you have less choices, you are more likely to make a choice than if you are presented with more options. So this goes with the fact that their products that they do sell, their choices they sell, are costing less for them to give them a lower input cost because they're not paying for the fancy brands that other companies have, and they're not also paying to have 10 of the fancy brands. They can just have one, and they're selling as much of their products with their one lower cost to them product than other companies are selling with their higher cost products, which also allows them to get a higher profit. The next shift I'm going to talk about is the demand shift of income. So the income of the people buying the products from Trader Joe's. Analysis by the research firm AgData found that Trader Joe's stores today are located in counties with higher household median income than any other grocery chain, including Whole Foods, and about $10,000 higher than the U.S. median income. But, and this seems to be another key component of Trader Joe's success, they also value frugality. As Michael Roberto found, they usually set up shop in the cheaper parts of the expensive areas. This connection's pretty obvious. If you set up shop in the more expensive areas, people are more likely to spend their money on your stuff because they have more money to spend. Now, setting up in the less expensive spots of those expensive areas goes back to helping on saving the input costs because it costs less money to go to those areas, but you can still sell to the expensive areas. The final shift I'm going to talk about is the demand shift of tastes and preferences. Now, this demand shift is one of the most important demand shifts, especially to Trader Joe's, because this just kind of helps make their business way more successful. 
Trader Joe's reportedly puts a great deal of effort into scouting, sourcing, and producing food that their customers truly love. But they also pay a lot of attention to package design and descriptive salesmanship. Their marketing director is called Director of Words and Phrases and Clauses. They publish an old-fashioned newsprint bulletin, the Fearless Flyer, with in-depth descriptions of new products. Trader Joe's uses tastes and preferences of other people for them to figure out what's popular in their store. And then they expand upon that by also promoting their own products within the store through the use of the Fearless Flyer bulletin and through the use of their packaging, which is more likely to make people want to buy their products if it looks better and is more promoted. Or at least they're saying that it's better. To wrap it all up, Trader Joe's is able to be successful because of these demand shifts and this supply shift. The taste and preferences and income and the low input cost. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and have a great day.